On the afternoon of August 25, 1944, an American jeep careened down the sunlit Champs-Élysées as its driver tried to avoid the double menace of Wehrmacht tanks still prowling the boulevards and mobs of joyful Parisians celebrating liberation. The jeep's occupants included Colonel David Bruce and Ernest Hemingway, the latter buoyant in his role as self-appointed head of a very irregular band of French partisans. The two men had just ascended the Arc de Triomphe for a panoramic view of the City of Light on the day of its deliverance. With the monument still under fire from German artillery, the colonel and the novelist could see armored vehicles dueling and crowds cheering in alternate streets. Leaving the monument, the Americans and their party hurried to the Travelers Club and then on to the Ritz Hotel, by then deserted by its German patrons. In the lobby, the manager, accustomed in quieter times to receiving the cream of European society, looked with alarm as this band of heavily armed men approached. He relaxed when he recognized the two Americans as pre-war guests of the hotel and asked if he could be of any help. With a glance at their ragged but euphoric troops, they replied eagerly, We would like fifty martini cocktails. This vignette from that tumultuous day, soon to be recounted with dubious embellishment by Hemingway and others as the liberation of the Ritz Bar, was captured in the diary kept by Colonel Bruce. David K. E. Bruce was no ordinary officer, but the London branch chief of the Office of Strategic Services, the main American intelligence agency of the war. Spanning much of his tenure with OSS and published here in their entirety for the first time, Bruce's diaries reveal in an understated, self-deprecating style the wartime experiences of an exceptional American. Before he witnessed the liberation of Paris, Bruce wrote of the lengthy preparations for victory, of the early days as OSS tried to learn espionage tradecraft from its British cousin, MI6, without being dominated by that more seasoned agency, of the incongruity of dining at Claridge's while bombs rained on London, and of the exhilaration of seeing the grand spectacle at Normandy as the Allies began to reclaim Europe from Nazi rule. The great Allied captains cast their shadows, if not their words, before the diarist pen. Churchill and Roosevelt, Eisenhower and Montgomery, Patton, de Gaulle, Bradley. Bruce's diaries do not focus, however, on either the apex of power, where a few willful men commanded the machinery of war, or on the base of the military pyramid, where millions faced the sharp edge of those commands. Instead, his account illuminates the efforts of the middle managers who directed a part of the secret intelligence service that helped parry Hitler's grasp for world domination. Chief among these men was the founder of OSS, William J. Wild Bill Donovan. If Donovan towered over the agency he created, there are glimpses in Bruce's diaries, nevertheless, of other familiar players in the intelligence game. For the Americans, Alan Dulles and William Casey, both future directors of the CIA. For the British, William Stevenson, code name Intrepid. Sir Stuart Menzies, code name C. And in the background, Ian Fleming and even, ever so fleetingly, the worm and the apple, Kim Philby. Early in a reading of the diaries, the value of Bruce's ties to the Anglo-American elite of his day is apparent. Throughout his time in London, the wealthy and cosmopolitan Bruce, 
son of a former United States senator and himself president of the National Gallery of Art, moved confidently through the ruling strata of British society, dining with Mayfair's smartest set, and conferring with cabinet ministers, military chiefs, and heads of various secret agencies. If some of the influential figures with whom he made easy acquaintance were new faces, many more were old friends from less dangerous times, friends whose names filled the pages of Debrett's and the rosters of the poshest clubs in St. James's. Donovan could have chosen few better men to direct the most important OSS center outside Washington. The urbane Colonel Bruce was ideally suited to put at ease the leading figures in Britain's war effort. His patrician style and understated air of competence provided just the tone needed to dispel their apprehensions about a ham-fisted upstart American venture into clandestine operations.